Welcome to Bitch Talk. Booze and interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. This is Bitch Talk 300, bitches. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was a very light yoo-hoo. We're kind of in clo- close to each other, that's why. <laughs> I mean, sitting physically in close proximity to each other, so I didn't want to offend. Okay. For once. This time? Okay. Uh, so it's a uh, Bitch Talk 300. Yes, Char? No, I just wish that um, people had a, we had a photo of ourselves and the way that we look. We're in two different places right now, and I'm, I can only imagine. I can't see you guys, but I can only imagine what you two look like. Oh. Well, this actually, I'm taking a picture right now. It doesn't look as, as bad as it as it is but so we're just so you know we're sharing headphones yeah Aaron and I so that's how close we're having to sit yeah and uh we normally are much further apart yeah (laughs) so you guys are like uh Siamese twins yeah we're like six we're like six inches apart basically with uh headphones a headphones set between us yeah and And I guess let's set it up for our bitch talk 300 listeners thank you to all of you all 300 of you Um, (laughs) uh there's more than that anyway um that uh I'm in Los Angeles that's why I didn't get to go to the party on Saturday and you guys are in San Francisco of course we did miss you greatly Char we are doing a little recap and an intro to kind of kick things off and we wanted to make sure all three of us were on it so right we are we had to make it happen some way somehow i guess thank goodness for technology this time around yeah exactly technology and char (laughs) we missed you but you were there in spirit and we'll talk further we'll talk further about that after our whole interview with our special guest which we haven't even talked about yet w kamau bell so special what what a fucking interview what a guy what a, we walked away from that interview kind of like walking on clouds like it just felt so good yeah walking on sunshine i feel like we've been sitting on this like a mama bird you yeah, know what i mean for like, a hot minute it was like last month yeah, yeah it was last month and uh when we were able to schedule him and we were looking at the calendar we were like this has to be the 300 episode mm-hmm. so um it is and uh we're really proud to share this and he's just an amazing human being and i'm gonna say thank you right away to him and his team um and sheila kenny uh thank you so much for helping us uh schedule the busy man uh he just had a newborn it's a little crazy the day that we interviewed him it was the day after right the emmy he had nominations he just got nominated for i think the show got nominated for 3 3 emmy nominations i'm not sure but definitely mm-hmm. more than one and uh yeah it was a a really special moment and it was hot. To him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was hot. Well, just to just to uh, show how busy he is, I ran into him in front of the Go To Productions building. What two or three weeks later, and he had it was him and his family, and they all had luggages. They were going somewhere. So, <laughs> well, he's filming. He's filming the new series, uh, United. So he's United he, well, he's on the United States. So. so yeah, he's a busy guy. Um, yeah. So thank you so much to all of our listeners for five years. And 300 episodes. We see you. We hear you. We thank you. Um, we hope you really enjoy our episode. But before we talk to W. Kamau Bell. This is another big yeah. moment for Bitch Talk. Five years in. Yeah. To. Um, We're getting some recognition. To have some, to have some love. To have some support. Yeah. <laughs> um, our friends at Sunbasket. 
uh, delivered another meal, which I didn't know was happening. Another week's worth of yeah, meals. Another yeah. week's worth. Yeah. And it was magical. Um, the first uh, meal that I had and prepared uh, were the Sloppy Joes, which was delicious. It was funny because my boyfriend was a little skeptical. He's like, eh, locale, I don't know, meal delivery. That's so funny because that's what I was going to say after eating my meal that I'll talk about afterwards. Is I was like, it's only 500 to 800 calories? Right. No shit. Right. This is so flavorful. Per serving. Per serving. Per serving, right. Yeah. So uh, made it and it was delicious. Um, and everything is recyclable. It's organic. Um, it was it was so good. I took pictures. I posted a whole story on um, our Bitch Talk uh, podcast Instagram. But I was like, okay, I'm sold. That's mm-hmm. good. Well, and uh, what I love is there's just so many different choices to choose from. Like, So you had Sloppy Joe's. And my favorite meal was the Burmese Shan noodles with pork and bok choy. And so you go all the way from Sloppy Joe's, as right. American as it gets, to Burmese noodles. Like, not a lot of people even know what Burmese food is. So I appreciate the scope, the broad variety of yeah. food, and it's good for you. So Also, it was funny because I didn't realize we're getting a second shipment. I get a, a like kind of an urgent text from my boyfriend. He's like, did you know that we're getting a second week of Sun Basket deliveries? I'm like, no. <laughs> so then we left it up to Ange. I'm like, at first I was like, I'm not going to let her pick. I'm going to pick what she's getting. Uh, yeah. Because I knew she was going to take probably one of the best meals. I mean, they're all great, but there's I feel like there's always going to be a favorite amongst the choices. So she chose the one that I really wanted to make. But it's fine because Duh. I got the Sloppy Joes and she got the uh, Burmese meal. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. But thank you, Sunbasket. It was such a a pleasure and really fun to cook. Yeah. It was 20 minutes. Yep. And I was fucking grubbing on some bomb ass noodles. And what I love about this deal is you're getting $35 off your first basket. Hello. And it's 100% money back guarantee. Hello. Deal. Sign me up. (laughs) Uh, The other thing I do want to say is uh, my boyfriend cooked up the the orzo with chicken and squash, olives and tomatoes last night. And it was so good. And it made actually so much that I got to take the second half to lunch today. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily only two servings. No. Yeah. I mean, if you're really hungry, sure. But and don't feel bad if you, I mean, I don't want to make you feel bad if you eat it all. Yeah. I don't blame you. Those noodles were fucking good. But yeah, it could easily be three meals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he made, um, he made our lettuce wraps, which was completely vegan and we're not vegan and it was delicious. So um, <laughs> it was so good. So thank you. It's so flavorful. Um, there's 18 healthy options to choose from every week, including paleo, gluten-free, lean and clean and vegan. Um, but we love Sunbasket and they're local I've us. tried other ones. I'm yeah. not going to name them, but no, I definitely uh, prefer this one. And uh, I love that it comes at a time that we're so fucking busy. Like, yeah. I really just don't want to think anymore. Right. Because sometimes I do want to think and I go grocery shopping, yeah. but sometimes I don't. Right. And it was just, it came just at the perfect time and I really appreciate it. So you guys go to sunbasket.com slash Pod. Again, that's sunbasket.com slash Pod. You'll get $35 off your first order. And uh, that supports us. That supports Sunbasket. And I think that's a win-win. So please go out and do that. And without further ado, here's our interview with W. Kamau Bell. Please stay tuned till the very end when you get to hear our recap of our 300th 
celebration, bitches and brunch. It was a damn good party in the Tenderloin of I'm San Francisco. I'm still recovering from the from the high of that party. Yeah, it it was a blast. It was so good. We had the place packed, yep. and yeah, we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, so we'll catch up on that at the end of uh, our interview with W. Kamal Bell. Here he is. <laughs> so, uh, welcome, W. Kamal Bell, to Bitch Talk. We really appreciate your time, so thanks for being here. Well, well thanks for telling me I had to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am the official tweeter, so okay, you're no, welcome. It, was, it, didn't, it didn't feel like an option, so I said, well, okay, good. <laughs> it was It was the natural next step for your career. It so was, right. yeah. 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 Yes, yes. <laughs> you're going to get the Bitch Talk bump after All this. Right, well, I got, I got inspired after watching um, your... Uh, your show on Netflix, uh, Private School Negro. So um, I had to, I had to tweet at you. I had to. I, I, and I read, I read. I don't know if I read all of them, but I, tr- I read most of them. Yeah. yeah there's well, probably a few I miss. But and yeah. and right now, before you came in, we were staring at this uh, picture, and my friend here, Angela, was like, "Oh, it's blind spotting officially right now." Which we just saw the film, and we heard that you just saw the. I film. saw it last night. Yes. We yes. interviewed those guys yesterday. Oh wow! It's, um, oh, but you did yeah. the official Q and A, so. You're I mean, there's there's a lot of official Q and A. How did you feel about that film? I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was hilarious. Uh I thought it was adventurous, bold. I thought it was not trying to take care of your feelings, which is important in art, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was surprising because you just don't know that. I didn't. I don't. I just know David Diggs is. I didn't know him when he lived here. I was Mm -hmm. not in that artsy cool circle. So, (laughs) uh, so I just knew him as like, oh, the guy next to Lin Manuel in Hamilton, who's from Oakland. Oh, he's in Blackish. Good for him. He's he's good. He's a good actor. You know. So to see the trailer and then to see the movie, you just and then his friend Raphael, who I also was not aware of. I'm like, oh, these are major stars and major thinkers and major artists that, you know, I know the Bay has a ton of people like that. Mm-hmm. I also know, specifically Oakland, I also know that we're that we're not, the Bay is not good of raising those people out of here. And a lot of times the culture of the Bay is such that you can f- be semi-professional and think you're being professional. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, talking about blind spotting and talking about the Bay and talking about Oakland, there's a real focus right now on Oakland yeah. and the East Bay in general, and you're part of that focus. What do you think? It is feels the pretty good. Catalyst? It feels pretty good to sort of like, and also me. Yeah, I feel pretty good about the fact that I was saying the words Oakland and Bay Area and the Bay mm-hmm. nationally before like the New York Times said it was okay That's to right. say. You know, so <laughs> I feel like people from here, even though I'm not born here, feel like I was a pretty good representative and been repping Oaklandish for years. And mm-hmm. so I just feel like so that as much as I know I'm not David or Boots Riley right. or Raphael or or E forty or you know, yeah. any number of people uh, Steve Kerr, Goapole. I feel like I got more than Steve Kerr. I mean, I know he's done a lot. Steph Curry, Steph, okay, Steph, fine. Yeah. Yeah. They're superstars. They, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm Kevin Durant. Something has more Bay cred than I do. Well, how no, 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 never. Are you kidding? Not, no. But I know that, like, you know, it's important to me to rep the Bay. Not, you can't do it accurately, but feel like I have the spirit of the Bay when I go out into the world and represent the Bay. And so, for me. Like to just have a little cameo in Sorry to Bother You. Feels spoiler like, alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah, <laughs> nothing Wait, is spoiled. We were go there. Don't yeah, play. we yeah, haven't even spoiler. touched on that. Sorry, spoiler. sorry. But then to just to have, like, I hadn't ever talked to, I'd never met David until they his people reached out and said they want you to do the QA. And then we talked on the phone and it was clear that he knew my work and Raphael knew my work and they'd already seen Private School Negro. And so it was just like, it felt like, you know, it's just for a kid who grew up sort of never being at the cool kids table. It sort of feels cool to suddenly find out that you're sitting in the middle of the cool kids table and you didn't even <laughs> know it. You know, 
You're sitting uh, at the head of the cool kids. Yes, yes, <laughs> Actually, yes, let's yes. Be honest In this right room, now. I'm at the head of the kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly just because it's my office. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was trying to, not trying, I was doing homework and, and looking a, a lot of things up last night, but I couldn't figure out and couldn't connect the dots on how you actually ended up back in the Bay because you were born in Palo Alto. Is that correct? Yes. Or is Wikipedia yeah. totally wrong? No, they're right about that. Okay, <laughs> good. Some things are right about. But how yeah. did you wind up back here? Uh, I can't, I moved back here in 97 because okay. I wanted to be a stand-up comedian. And specifically, I came here for San Francisco. I lived in Oakland because that's where we found a cheap apartment. Right, right. Back when Oakland had cheap apartments. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, and so I moved back here because I wanted to be, I was started doing stand-up comedy in, San, in Chicago and I just the scene wasn't that good. It wasn't really supportive. I wasn't doing well. And I was looking for a place to move where I could find a comedy scene that I felt like I could like grow in. Mm-hmm. And San Francisco has specifically San Francisco, not to take anything from Oakland, but San Francisco is known nationally as a, as a good comedy scene. Mm-hmm. And so I came and visited and loved it and like met Margaret Cho immediately <laughs> and suddenly felt like and she was like, you're funny. And I'm like, I'm going to move to San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> so I did. I moved to the Bay and I lived in Oakland. But very quickly after I got out here, I realized oh, I'm more at home in Oakland. Mm-hmm. I just, but my scene is in San Francisco. And at the time, maybe still this way, like I worked in Berkeley, lived in Oakland, and I would go to San Francisco like three or four times a week, four or five times a week really to do comedy. And I remember just learning then how separate the Bay was. Like mm-hmm. I was saying to a guy, like, he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm going to San Francisco. He's like, man, you were just in San Francisco last night. Mm-hmm. As if I was talking about Paris. That's two stops away on yeah, BART. Yeah, yeah, like, like, it's, it's not like a <laughs> downtown Berkeley BART and it's 10 minutes, you know, whatever, 20 minutes. And I sort of always made the back and forth. And I had friends in San Francisco and they'd be like, and I started dating my wife and she lives in Oakland. And so I was always, I was ended up staying in her house even though I had an apartment in San Francisco. So I was always going back and forth across the bay and in San Francisco. I'd invite my friend Kevin Avery, who I've done a ton of things mm-hmm. with. Like, hey, you want to come to my uh, girlfriend's party in Oakland? He's like, ah, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, yeah. It's like you can drive longer in San Francisco sometimes than it takes to get to Oakland. But right. It's just, so I've always been very sort of aware that I was always d- sort of bending rules by going back and forth so much, but always aware. So then I was here till 2012, I think it was, till mm-hmm. after the birth of my first daughter, mm-hmm. and then. I went to need, oh, so how did I get here? Yeah. So, so yeah, that's how, so that's, I came back here for comedy, okay. yeah. And then I left to go do New York for the TV show, but yeah, that's how I came back here. And at the time, I, it wasn't, my dad is the one who pointed out that like, well, you know, you were born in Palo Alto, so you're kind of going home. And I was like, right. huh. And it didn't really, I was just like, I want to go to San Francisco. I was born in some place called Palo Alto that I've right. never really spent any time in and don't have any connection to. And then the longer I've been out here, I was like, well, I am a native Californian, yeah. even though I was mm-hmm left before I was two years old like I and so I feel good the longer I live out here the more I feel like I can claim my I sort of like I am a west coast person I just all my life I've been in Chicago Boston Alabama but my DNA is of the west coast you know well well, you had this um incident at the Elmwood Cafe in 2015 in Berkeley right where we are today and um we're not, sp- not in the cafe. No. In the- <laughs> we decided to <laughs> record in-, <laughs> in the cafe. Ah, guys, I really don't want to do that. Okay. Uh, let's send the manager over right now and get yeah. on mic. No, but um, uh, with, if you could speak to that incident and does it is does the, things like that make it harder for you to, to love the Bay? Are, are you struggling with like the gentrification and things like that? No, I mean, I think you, you can love something and be critical of it and nothing is perfect and there's no place in the country where you can live and find out and it's always going to be your friend literally in your house people can come into your house and say you're in the wrong place you know that's you know some guy 
amongst the numerous social media videos of, of black people being harassed or people of color being harassed for just being in public spaces or spaces they should be in, some guy was like at his apartment building at the swimming pool and had all these videos of people coming to him over the course of time saying, what are you doing at the swimming pool? I live here. You know, so mm-hmm. there's no place you can go and feel like it's always going to be good. So, so for me, it's like, and there's no place you can go in America and not deal with racism as a person of color. There's not one place. Like so, like even if you live in deep in the so-called hood and never leave the hood, you're dealing with structural and institutionalized racism because of where you live and the lack of resources and the lack of you know. So it's like there's no place you can go. So for me, it's like, what's the flavor of racism I can deal with the best? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what the mm. what the flavor yeah. of racism that's the most sort of acceptable for me? And I'd say it's bay racism. <laughs> that bay racism yeah, was yeah, your yeah. perfect yeah. fit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had a little incident with bay racism just last week at the local benihana in japan town and i had to channel my w kml bell and uh ruth bader ginsburg voice wow those are two (laughs) (laughs) whatever it was all all the same for me what channel is that on i will watch that channel i had to to get in there because i had a six six people that were maybe in their 60s um, that we, you don't know what you're going to get at Benihana when you're just a couple because you're not with the group, right? So you could get anything. Oh, yeah. So we sat uh, down, right. we got anything, yeah. and <laughs> they were, they are, I think, from here, but maybe more East, East Bay, yeah. Tracy, yeah. or North, North Bay. Yeah. And there was um, a point where they just stared at me and my boyfriend because he's white and I'm Asian, so that was weird, but we were in Japantown. And the other one was that they were making fun of the Asian people right across yeah. from us as they said, saying happy birthday to them what? and they were oh yeah it was a whole thing so Making i was like fun of how they yeah saying yeah happy birthday oh no um, and they were just completely rude to our hispanic benihana uh, chef and our asian uh, waitress or wait person so yeah i had to channel you what is that what is, and what does that mean that you just sort of uh it, said there's multiple like <laughs> I I thought, you know what i was thinking about you traveling around uh the, United the kkk States. episode yeah and you really you <laughs> You get in there and work with these people and try and find some kind of common ground. And so I I actually didn't talk to them at all. I just ignored no, that's good. them. I wouldn't. Because uh, yeah, I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't engage. No, no, I don't like know how you stand there uh, and and listen to this speech. And, and I don't know how you do it. I mean, for me, it's I didn't know how I would do it. So I'll say this. I didn't have a lot of It's not like, well, I've been hanging out with the Klan for years. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not Daryl Davis, the guy who has that documentary, Occidental Courtesy, which mm. is about a guy who hangs out with the Klan all the time, black man. Oh. Uh, I don't, so for me, it was like part of it was a little bit like I, want, I was also finding out what I would do. So that's why I wanted to do it, because I was curious about how would I be in that situation. Mm. It was more like a experiment on myself that was being aired for television. You know, was that or, initially thought of, that's going to be the first episode? I, it was, was my just... idea. I was always my first, because we were like, it's going to be a show. That's pitched it? They, somebody pitched a show to CNN. CNN thought, maybe this guy Kamal can do it. Then I came in, and they were thinking, like, Kamal goes to a country club that's like you know because it's all white people. Mm-hmm. Or Kamal goes to the rodeo mm-hmm. and hangs out with cowboys at the rodeo. And I was just like... Yeah, we can do that. Later. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But can we, if we're going to, this is the pilot. This is, we have to get CNN to buy the show. Mm-hmm. So what can we do that at the time, Morgan Spurlock's show can't do, Lisa Ling's show can't do, Anthony Bourdain, mm-hmm. rest in peace. He, those shows can't do the wonder list, which is just about going to like amazing places that are like sort of these, the places, the picaresque places all around the world. What can I do that those shows can't do? Or if they were to do it, it'd be a very different way. Lisa Ling probably had the most, could do that show, 
but it would be more like a journalist. Not in the same vein, for sure. Not way more serious and way more like holding them to account in a way that I'm like sort of this, I'm sort of curiously scratching to see what you, how you respond. And I'm also trying to get you out of your comfort zone to make you respond in ways you didn't expect. I'm not asking you sort of like, explain to me why you'd be in the Klan. Like I get why you'd be in the Klan. You're a racist, you know? So, so for me it was like, I would, that was my idea. And, uh, and I also knew that if it ever airs on TV, I will still be able to tell the story. So it's like, it's, I just wanted to, you know, go big or go home and I needed the job. So I felt like, yeah, we have to do something that is like that. Even on, it's from the first moment, people are like, "What?" As opposed to like, "Come out, hang." Black guy hangs out with the rodeo. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. You know. You know. Again, we'll get there at some point. At some point, I'll be at. The, oh my god! <laughs> like, but we shouldn't start there. Right. I think that. Well, I'm, I'm pitching shows now. First, Benihana. You should just do a show. <laughs> go to Benihana. is my happy happens. place. I love the Rockies' choice. Right. Okay. And you should not be yeah feeling bad at Benihana. So well, I'm pissed for did, you. But I do think that whole community seating and it's also like a Benihana. It feels like a throwback to a, another era. Like this, it always does. That well, that's why like I feel like I'm a kid. That well, was like the fancy it, place it, it, I like, went for my birthday. We, and, and I think we, me and uh, Kelly, were just talking about this. Who I work with. Because she, her husband works in, he's a like a like a the bar manager, not a bartender, but a bar manager. Mm-hmm. And just that thing about people come into places mm-hmm. like restaurants and bars, and they think because they're paying you eight dollars for a drink that I actually own the restaurant. Oh yes, like, <laughs> like, this is my bar now, and so I talk to you as if you work for me, yep. right. not that you are serving me right. and I'm giving you. I get as eight, an equal. Yeah, here's eight dollars worth of money for eight dollars worth of service, right. not like well, I gave you, I bought that drink and Benihana. By the nature of it being a performance-based thing, mm-hmm. they think that the Benihana chef is performing for them and not just performing because that's the job. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not actually performing for you. I'm performing because the job require- is I perform. Right. You're sitting here. Mm-hmm. It's not a specific. It's not. A, I didn't do this for you. Right. And you know, if you get up and leave, I'll still be doing all the things. You know, and I think people get caught up in there sort of like everybody wants to be the king and the queen and I think that like it makes service industry jobs and as a comedian who's worked mm-hmm. it's basically works in the service right. industry and working mm-hmm. I really have a lot of empathy for those people because it's like you're just you're just another asshole out on a date you're not or out for an evening oh are we going to talk about the first timers that go to comedy shows that I cannot deal with so yeah, we go well- to a lot of comedy <laughs> shows and there's always 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 that couple in the front that gets way too drunk yep and awful Yep. How do you deal with hecklers? I mean, you know, it's uh, it, there's a weird thing because sometimes it's hard because it's it's hard to def- like people don't like there's a heckler where it's like you suck, which is a very easy thing to deal with. But when people are just being loud and obnoxious and they don't even realize they're heckling, and you tell them to be quiet, and they're like, "What? I'm just having fun." Yeah, like that's the worst amateur hour. It's yes. the worst because it's like you can't even explain to them why they're not. You're actually heckling. You don't realize you're heckling, and you're actually ruining. The good you again. You think you're here for your good time, but you're here to be part of a collective time. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, comedy clubs. I don't perform in comedy clubs anywhere near as much as I used to because there's a point at which you want you just. I just want the people in the room who want to be here. Mm-hmm. And a lot of comedy clubs, people go, "What do you want to do tonight? You want to go to Benihana or go to a comedy club?" <laughs> okay. Like they're not really, they're, they're not really distinguishing those as right, two different right. activities. Yeah. Like where do you want to spend two hours of our time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they walk into a comedy club not knowing who's on the bill. Not really, just knowing that I like Adam Sandler movies. This is a comedy club. That's probably going to be Adam Sandler's going to be on stage <laughs> or Adam Sandler inspired comedians. No shade, to Adam Sandler. I'm just saying that like you, you. That's not what's happening most times. Right. You know? Well, on the on the topic of hecklers, um, 
for um, United, Ch I, I keep wanting to call it United Shades of Grey, first of all. <laughs> United Shades of America. Well, that's what other people call it Fifty Shades of America. Oh, yeah, so. maybe we can host United Shades of Grey. No, okay? it's, a, it's I mean, people, uh, I'd say once a week, a lot of times, sometimes people say, my mom just called it Fifty Shades of America or United Shades of Grey. But then some people really go, I really love your work and talk about all the work you do on Fifty Shades of America. Like they, and I feel like I don't even want to correct you. Either one works, though. Fifty Shades, Fifty States. Yeah, no, it's, America, I, I get the Fifty Shades. I get the United Shades of Grey is where your brain is at. That's right. that's on you. Thank you. Uh, Sorry. It's been a long <laughs> no, 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 it's all right. No, but um, on the topic of, of hecklers, you have been getting a lot of commentary on the fact that you give the K you give the KKK or Nazis a platform. And yeah. I love your response to that. Can you can you talk to when people talk shit about you giving them a platform and oh you shouldn't let them speak? I mean I have I have I feel it's I don't know which one I've I've been asked this about so many times so I have like sort of multiple responses depending upon who I'm talking to and how much time I have to answer the question. So <laughs> You have thirty minutes. Okay, so, good. Uh, so there's two so things. There. One uh, giving them a platform I feel like is lazy was late is, is our lazy words because it implies that like I go on this week in United Shades of America I'm going to take the week off and the Klan is going to host a show <laughs> <laughs> yes. as if the Klan has access to like it's all of the Klan's clanness is filtered through me and my perspective it's very clear where I stand it's very it's very clear that I, I get the final choice of edit it's very clear that I'm like this is wrong and I don't agree with this and that's because I'm not a journalist I don't have to do the thing where I go explain why you don't like black people like as if there's a reason to understand why somebody doesn't like, or if I ask, I'm sort of like, could you explain this? I'm asking in a, in a way right. like, come on, dude. It's not, this is crazy, right? Not yeah. like the same way that you, a journalist would ask, explain why you voted for this bill. You know, explain politician why you support this bill. It's not this, I'm not giving the same level of, of weight to this. And the other thing is, is like, more knowledge, and this is what my mom taught me, more knowledge is always better than less knowledge. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. many people in this country, for, the, for every person, for every person who was like, why would you give this, the KKK a platform? There was 10 times that many people going, oh my God, I didn't know the KKK still existed. Jeez. So it was like, mm -hmm. I, I get that you don't want to see this, just turn it off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But there's so many more people who are like, who every week are finding about something that they had no idea existed and therefore are smarter and better, and, and, and better Americans because of it. Mm -hmm. Um, better humans, free in America. Better humans. With <laughs> uh, you've had a pretty long career already and doing so well. It's coming I mean, to the end. Yeah. Huh? It's coming to the end. No, you're, no, getting, the, you're getting the I, bitch talk bump. Yeah, Didn't we already talk about this? Yeah. Well, it's like when I get the Emmy nominations, I say to my wife, like, we get it. It's like a show business extension. Like, we get another we year get, in show yeah. business because cause you, cause you get to sort of ride that Emmy nomination for a year or so, right. you know, so. Oh, and I, we are celebrating. Sorry, just to we are celebrating the Emmy nomination with yeah. some champagne today. Yes. So yes. congratulations, you. I, I already, nominations. I already finished mine. Multiple. Oh, oh we have more. Oh more. goodness. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's Friday. Well, I didn't know how you thirsty want. you'd it's be. It's not Friday. I have a one-month-old daughter, oh. so that's. But good. you have flowers, so it's I do fine. have flowers. Okay. <laughs> Honey, here's flowers. I'm going to bed. It's three in the afternoon. <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah. No, but I mean, you came here to do comedy, and you're on CNN now. Mm -hmm. If you can give a brief description yeah, on how that how does that happen? In a five-minute. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, but I mean, it is such a—it's a huge jump. I—I I mean, I think that the—the—the the, the reason why it happened is because at some point, like in two thousand nine, two thousand seven, I stopped trying to pursue what I thought show my showbiz career was supposed to be, and just started to do work I thought was interesting. And so, which means you hmm. sort of are sort of by nature of that following your nose, like, oh, I want to do something like this and you, instead of like 
going to the punchline every Sunday night and sort of like doing my seven to ten minutes and going, when is show business going to make me famous? Mm. I basically was like, I'm going to go write a one man show, a solo show about ending racism and I'm going to get a computer, bring my computer and get a screen and show clips and slides mm. and and I don't even know what the show is but that's just I'm going to give it a title and I'm going to come up with a gimmick where we get, bring a friend of a different race you get into for one and and create just create a thing that I don't even know what it is but it just sounds like something I want to do and then I looked up within the first show we did it was standing room only and I was wow. like I didn't know anybody even knew who I was or cared who I was and mm. it was me standing room only means like there were 80 people there but you know I went from it's 80 like people 80 people <laughs> who were like we're here for you not right. we're here because the punchline is open right. you know like we're talking about people just show up because it's like it's date night like where people was that show it's at the Shelton Theater in San Francisco okay. on, pa- on a uh, not on Powell Street, on Sutter. Okay. And so, you know, from the first moment we did the show, my wife, then girlfriend was there. I was like, oh, this is different. Like, suddenly I feel like I'm famous. And I didn't, and an hour before the show started, I was just like, I hope people show up. Mm-hmm. And so then we did it once a month. And, we did, and I just sort of kept following that thing. Like, this is fun. I feel like the work I'm doing is the best work I've ever done. Mm. I don't know that you can make a living off of doing a show in a black box theater, but the work is good. But then... I kept doing it and kept doing it more often. The reputation spread and the media started talking about me in the Bay Area, which the media in the Bay Area doesn't really talk about, generally doesn't talk about comedians as singular individuals. They need you to be doing something. It's not enough just to be funny at the punchline. I'm Mm -hmm. getting a little bit better than that, but generally they need to know what are you, you need to have a project. Mm -hmm. And so that gave me a project. So suddenly all this media people who knew who I was, who I never even knew they knew who I was, were like, W. Kamal Bell's new show. I'm like, you know who I am? Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) His work has been this, but now it's this. I'm like, you followed my work? You know? (laughs) Uh, And so just I started to get critical notice I was able to go to do it in LA a few times I started getting to festivals and then that show ended up being the show that Chris Rock saw and was like I'm gonna help you get a TV show so at the punchline I think if I in my mind going to the punchline before the bell curve that was what's called the W. Mm-hmm. bell curve ending racism in about an hour before that show <laughs> <laughs> did it end racism in an hour it did, but okay, then people good. left the room and, and, and then it comes back, back 15 yeah. minutes yeah. later. Yeah. It's yeah. just yeah. like yeah. why I never diet. You know, two days exactly. later, you yeah. gain it back. Exactly. It's the same exact thing. It's like a crash diet in racism. And then people walk out so hungry. They're like, I need some racism. <laughs> uh, so, like, I thought the path to TV show was going to the punchline on Sunday nights. And no shade mm-hmm. to the punchline. It's a great place. But you can't just put all your cards on that room. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to then, and the generation of comics who are behind me know this now. You have to make your own gravy. You have to create your own projects. But I came with a generation who was like, no, you just go to the punchline and wait because that's what we had seen and heard. So, uh, you know, I thought I was trying to, I thought going to the punchline on Sunday nights and doing my 10 minute set was the path to a TV show. And really it was like, no, go do something you like and, the, and, and get better at it and work at it. And if you get good enough and get lucky enough, you can end up getting a TV show. And then, and then yes, and then your peers go, how did you get a TV show? <laughs> You're like, I have no idea. I just was doing work. And so that led to that show gets canceled. But then suddenly the industry knows who I am. Right. And I took a bunch of meetings after Totally Bias was canceled to sort of figure Which out. Which was a super bummer, by the way. I mean, it, but, it's. But, I yeah. mean, you're on CNN now. So yeah, no, it's. A, it's right, my, it led you to. Living in New York. If I was still in New York doing Totally Biased, I would, I would be a very. Uh, uh, angry person. <laughs> yeah. if, the, if the show was a hit, it was just a lot of hard work, and it took a toll on my relationships and my family. Mm-hmm. And and it I gets really I, fucking hot there too. Yeah, right it's now. Also, yeah, you August know? is horrible. You'd be in way New more York. sweaty. You can be, be rocking that beanie sweaty. right no, now in New York. Beanie. No, <laughs> August is my wife hates August in New York. We'd be the people where. I'd be working in August and she'd be up in the Hamptons or some weird thing. Talking to <laughs> Suddenly she would change and our kids would be assholes. Right. And so, 
And like that talk show grind is just like it's either a young person's game, like Trevor Noah, who's like a young guy with no mm-hmm. kids or no wife, is able to like he does that, and then he, on the weekends he goes and does stand up, and he's just living his best life. Or it's like these <laughs> institution guys who are like, this is just the job I do. Mm-hmm. Like Conan O'Brien, I, this yeah. is what I do. Right. You know, like I I don't I don't have any I don't do anything else. This is the only like or Jay Leno. It's just these guys are like I'm. This is That's the thing I job. do. It's mm-hmm. like a factory. Yeah. And I just was like, I want something that feels more creative and also works better for my family. Mm-hmm. And so, United Shades, I feel like I can get more. I feel like. Not that United Shades is more creative than Totally Bias, but because it takes up less time, I can take on more projects and feel like I can sort of do all the creative things I want to do, and also I get to live in the Bay. Right. Well, uh, we at Bitch Talk are, like many people in this world, huge fans of Anthony Bourdain, and to be given the slot right after him, did that give you some added pressure or or some confidence because they had the confidence in you to follow him? I mean, it was both. It was like, oh my God, they must believe in the show. Because Jeff Zucker was clear. He's like, I'm going to give you the slot after Bourdain. And I sort of was like, what? And he's like, well, if you don't want it, I'll give it to somebody else because that's the number one slot. And I was like, no, 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 I'll take it. (laughs) But also, like, Mm -hmm. the show's got to be good. And so, but also it made me feel like, you know, he's he was the cool kid at CNN. Like, you know, and, you know, a lot of people at CNN think they're cool kids. And, and they, you know, like, Anderson Cooper's a cool kid. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, Don Lemon's Don a cool Lemon, kid. Yeah. And, you know, Angela Van Rye's Jones. a cool kid. Van Jones. So there's a lot of, like, sort of, like, uh, cool kids right there. But he was the coolest of the cool because he needed it. It was, like, not something that he was, like, he was got to do his own thing. He was not taking assignments from the news. And so to be linked in some way and plus people thought assumed that because we were following each other that we were friends mm-hmm. and we really didn't become friendly until we went to Nairobi this past this in February and taped an episode of his show um, I heard your fresh air interview mm-hmm. and, and I was choking up in my car and I was having a weird day I was thinking about him a lot mm-hmm. and then your interview came on and I'm sitting in my car crying um, but beyond you getting to have that very special time with him. Do you think he had any kind of sense of his impression on the world? Because we're just a couple of Asian American kids from, you know, I'm from here, she's from LA. Yeah. And do you think he knew the effect he had on people? Uh, or understood? I, I mean, at some point, everybody sort of, you hear from people, like he was, I was with him and people would come and be like, oh my God, dude, I love you. I love the show. Like, it was funny to be like, he's like, to be like, oh yeah, he's more famous than I am. Like, I don't think about it, but it was like, people were like, oh, your show's good too. But they were like so Beeline. enthralled with him. And this is, we're in Kenya, you know, we're not in, <laughs> you, know, we're, you know, we're not in, it's like in America, we're like on the other side of the planet. They're like, you, they, they, people of all ages, races, creeds, cultures, religions were just felt like he was. Doing, he was showing an authentic piece of the world, a piece of, showing authentic piece of the world without getting in the way of it. And especially as a white man who does that, as a white cisgender mm-hmm. heterosexual man, especially an older guy, mm-hmm. like who's not supposed to get it. Those guys generally don't get it. No. That they felt like he was, he, he had an opinion, but he was getting out of the way. Like he was like he, you definitely felt like you knew who he was, but he wasn't letting who he was get in the way of your uh, taking in this authentic experience, and and also making people go, I want to go to that place he went to. Like I've talked to many people, like I planned my honeymoon around to open episode. It makes people you less afraid. Yeah, people don't do that with the clan. I planned my honeymoon around. <laughs> uh, what 
did. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't wait to sit down with them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I'll give you some numbers. But yeah, that cross burning was really something. Yeah, yeah. you really want to take yeah. it. <laughs> Maybe they have a like, little dinner, like an amusement park set. dinner theater. Yeah. 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 That, that would actually be <sighs> great, and people would do it. We well, know. well, actually, you did make me want to go somewhere, which I have been very briefly. But uh, first, I wanted to ask: Do you get paid more for your show when you dance on the show? Because you should. And, <laughs> and if you don't, you need to seriously talk to your manager or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and because when you bonus. dance on that, <laughs> when you were dancing in Puerto Rico, uh, I was like, take me there right now. Because he broke it down. I was hips that, don't lie. Hips don't lie. Yeah, you, I was, I was and at H, the HBCU, you danced in that episode yeah, as well. Yeah. But no, Puerto Rico specifically, no, I was like, out. oh my God, I want to be in that dance circle. Well, I mean, that was. I, I, so first of all, that is my do- my two older daughters because my my month old daughter doesn't watch my shows. Which <laughs> not yet. But. Uh, <laughs> but so, but my two older daughters, Sammy and Juno, like because I was away when that show. I think was I away? With, yeah, I was away when that uh, show was about to air or something. I wasn't at home, and so the show aired, and they saw the commercials for it, and they. F- flipped out <laughs> with excitement and joy watching me just like because you know I was I'm a goofball they know me to be a goofball but to see me like go that because I went all out I really was like I might hurt myself I'm I'm okay I'm you gonna, were feeling I, the energy I was, of the and people also it was like I realized what it, like the whole thing we me and um it was the woman who'd been Miss Puerto Rico uh like had this whole like where we sat down and had a and had some food and we talked and we talked about colorism in Puerto Rico and da 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 and then this bus pulled up that we didn't plan like it wasn't something we had staged and I was like oh what's that and she's like oh they come out and they dance and they did it and it just took over the whole scene <laughs> and suddenly we were in the middle of it and I think they could also see the cameras were focused at me so those people were like we'll focus on let's pull that guy into the circle yeah, and you you stood out I stood, I stood out yeah and I'm six foot four two hundred blah blah pounds and uh, one hundred and seventy eight pounds right I thought uh, it was yeah, yeah, yeah your high school weight with a burrito yeah. midnight burritos <laughs> uh, but I sort of like at this it's like it's a singular experience and you sort of go I can either say no no I'm fine or I can totally go all in and for me for the show I as often as possible I try to go all in and so that was like and I knew this is ridiculous and I look like awful in a hilarious way like but I'm tr- I'm actually trying but I also know that like I'm just a, there's a lot of jiggle uh, no, it, it was amazing it was, so for me it Lisa was just Ling fun. couldn't have done that was, like, that's the thing. Have. <laughs> and Bourdain wouldn't have done no, like you know there's just no like, and for absolutely me, like, not that's the thing that we that I like that's my that's my version of making a show like this like yeah. that's my like because I'm a comedian and because I want to have a good time and because I don't have much shame around stuff like that it's like it's just it was fun and it's also a thing like if no cameras had been there, I probably maybe I would have done it and had fun. But because the cameras are on, you're like, you're like, I'm just gonna go for it. You know, like <laughs> gonna, you only I'm, live once. Only live <laughs> what once. are you gonna do? And the fact that my daughters—that's their number one favorite thing I've ever done. Like that if they had to put so a top cute. ten list together, that'd be maybe number one or two. And so for me, like knowing that my kids connected to it is also pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Uh, we're going to have to wrap up soon. <laughs> Why? I want to keep talking. Do you okay. Well, hey, it's your show. You're a busy man. I don't There's, know. We'll see, I don't we'll know see. what kind of calls you have coming in. I listen to what Kamau tells me. He wants to keep talking. Yeah, we can talk for a little while longer. I'm good. <laughs> we, they said 30, so I'm just... Oh, we can... Know. Let's go 45. Oh, so yes. me. All right. Well, anyways, all right. Now we can turn to over to these things. questions. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, make sure we get all the questions you want. <laughs> now we're getting to the Fifty Shades questions. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I want to talk about the Me Too movement in comedy. Um, oh, yeah, let's wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean... I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. Uh, that was, 
no, I would have said that no matter what you said. Okay, no, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. That's just the uh, joke that was sitting right there. Well, it just so happens that it was. And that was it. See yeah. you later. Uh, let's go to Benny. Um, he just the audio was like, "Come out, where are you going? Come back!" He's running out of room. <laughs> he wants that onion volcano. Yeah, well, who doesn't? Um, you said uh, in a recent article or somewhat recent, uh, men are allowed to take up too much space in society, and now we're a, we're at a point where people have to go. We're not going to allow you to take up that space. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Me Too movement and comedy, because the other day I was talking to someone, I was like, "What happened to that guy? Where's he been? Or who's what happened to that guy? You're not going to mm-hmm. hear from him ever again." I mean, how has the comedy landscape changed, in your opinion, or has it, is it better? Is it worse? Are we? Is this a good thing? I mean, I think the Me Too movement is certainly a, 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 a net plus, you know, overall. There's no question in my mind, uh, and I think part of that means part of that means, like, for example, if you look at somebody like if you're specifically talking about comedy, like. Uh, that's okay. Just for the sake, if we talk about Bill Cosby, mm-hmm. Louis C.K., Aziz Ansari. Yep. <laughs> so, I wasn't going to name the names. God, though, we've spoken of all these yeah. on Bitch yeah, Talk yeah. multiple times. So, so you look at Bill Cosby, and it's like, forget to take his age out of it for a second, just about like well, he's an old man, he's right. done anyway. But like, there's no coming back from that. From the, from, like, we're talking about horrible, heinous, like, years, years, if he'd years. done one of the things he said that, that, we, that we know he, that we all believe he did, that's bad. But he, there's many, many years of, of horror. Then you go to Louis C.K. and you go, ooh, gross, 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 gross. Then you go to Aziz and you go, I, here, I just, I saw a lot of difference of opinion on that article that was written right. mm-hmm. by any difference of opinion because sometimes there's a man. I'm like, I'm just gonna shut up and let and find out what where we're all landing and listen. And then you see, well, I respect this woman and I respect this woman mm-hmm. or these women and these women and they have a difference of opinion of this. So for me, we're still in the middle mm-hmm. of who who gets to come back. Or how people get to come back. Do you get to come back and sort of reclaim your throne where you were? Or do you come back at a lesser level? Or do you now or now are you just allowed to be a behind the scenes producer mm-hmm. or are you banished forever? You know, mm-hmm. so I think it's hard to know because even though Aziz, I think like there was a it was a there was a lot of bad press, but eventually it seemed like it settled on people were like It was uh, it seems was, like they had seems like there's yeah, we've, we've, we've all, all been, been on that we've, date. All, we've, all, we've all been, been on, on that multiple date multiple yes, times. All, and yeah, maybe and we've it. all. As a man, I've been on both sides of that date. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. and, and now it's different because I'm a, a man and I'm physically strong. So I, I don't. It's not the same power dynamic if I'm on the I want to leave and this person doesn't want me to leave. But I've certainly been on like a how do I get out of here? Yep. You know. Yeah. Uh, and so, but it's different. <laughs> it's totally different. So it's just that I've been on so. And I look, and I like. I've been watching a lot of Netflix because my special's out, and I'm always like, seeing, am I in popular on Netflix now? Is, am I trending <laughs> yes, now? Am I? In? Yes. And so, and I go, Master of None is in popular all the time. Like it stays, it stays at least on my algorithm. And mm-hmm. I've never watched it on my Netflix. So I'm like, oh, it's so hmm. it tells me. And Netflix is sitting somewhere going, it's still popular. So right. that means people are watching it. Mm-hmm. Which the business ultimately is a part of this too. Who determines they're going to yep. be like Aziz? Uh, we're ready for season three because the business says that we were ready for season three. But so I think uh, so. My thing is like I don't think we know, but we haven't seen him come. Maybe when he comes back, up the culture goes overwhelmingly goes yes, we've missed you. Or maybe when he comes back, enough people go mm, that he has to. We don't know. And I think it's hard to answer these questions like what is what does it mean? What is happening? Because we're still in the middle of the thing. Like it's like the. It's we're still in the middle of sorting through this and maybe we don't know what happened for another 10 years because 
Aziz is in his 30s. Louis C.K. is in his 40s. Maybe he's in his 50s now. You know, these people are still around. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like with Bill Cosby, it's like we can pretty sure that's a rap. That's, but we have yet to see the comeback for anybody. Mm -hmm. And some of these people are going to try to come back, you know? And I don't, and I can't answer what that means. But I do feel like, you know, thank God the conversation's happening. And mm -hmm. at the same time, me and my friend Dwayne talk about this all the time. Because of, like, think about the disease situation. There's a lot of room for debate about what that happened. Right. But it may mean at the end of the day, the disease feels like, that disease is like, that disease doesn't come back. Mm -hmm. That maybe he sort of, like, transitions to something else or becomes a producer and he doesn't, but who knows? And we can just debate about whether that's right or not. But I think some dudes are going to just go down because right now there's a lot. It's sort of like it's all happening. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like you get caught because up of the, the timing, the timing, yeah. and the shrapnel, and it's just the ne it's necessary. It's it's sort of like casualties of war. You know, mm -hmm. no no dude that I know can escape cleanly from the Me Too conversation because we've all had moments like like even if the Aziz thing is an example of like even though there's debate, maybe he doesn't come back or maybe he comes back in a different way. Well, we've all been in that. Mm -hmm. Every dude I know has been in a version of like I thought it was cool. Right. You know, like <laughs> right. and so and that includes me. So it's like if 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 in some sense it's like. Well, what would I do if some woman that I was like, I thought Kamal did this, da da da, and I'm like, but I thought I would have to also go. Well, I guess it's my, you know what I mean? Like it's like Al Franken, another comedian uh, turned. Uh, you know, yeah. it's funny how mm -hmm. we forgot Politician that seems like also. ten years ago. Yes. Yeah, yeah. If he was a comedian, maybe he could have gotten away with it in a different way. But maybe. as a politician, especially no. when you're the voice of authority, of moral authority. Yep. But for me, it's like I had friends who were like who were liberals who were like, I don't want Al Franken to go away. Yep. I don't yep. want. That was and my I was mom. Like, and I was like, <laughs> he has to go. <laughs> you're just like we can't. If this is what the if this is what the moment is. Yep. He's he has not bigger to. than the moment. Wh which is go. sad because on the other end, our president and other people on the other side, they didn't have to go. Right. But it was because we have a moral conscience. We have a moral, but I feel like we have to like. <laughs> how do we get rid of that? We, how do we can you teach us? Can you Tell have an episode on that? We have, 15, we have ten minutes. Where, where do you travel do we, for that? How do we, yeah, yeah, yeah. How do we get rid of? Let's go someplace. So let's go to let's go to the White House and find out how you live without a moral <laughs> yeah, conscience. We'll stop Ooh. now and go. Yeah. So I mean, but I but I think the other side of this is that Al Franken has to go because I feel like all of this is the culture getting stronger to sort of finally deal with the Trump thing. To like these are all sit-ups and push-ups to go okay but this is a this is a, a really this is a much bigger problem than the rest of this like but because he's the president and the way politics works and because our elected officials don't have mm -hmm. a stomach for actually con real confrontation with each other mm -hmm. it's going to take longer although yesterday's hearing was really interesting i haven't seen that yet yeah yeah oh. i heard about no no no, no but go i just watch it i heard about, i heard there was some back and forth i just like it's yeah good There's a lot. well there were people clapping in the like in the press gallery <laughs> when people were talking up and when oh, he that's was talking funny. up, which was interesting that so. is who and it was the there, fbi yeah okay yeah yeah it was, it it's was always good. it's so funny to me right now that there's this whole Robert with Robert Mueller, like the FBI will save us, which, which is, is not scary. exactly how <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, people of color have felt historically about the FBI. <laughs> the FBI will take care but of this. Oh, that shows help. how desperate oh, we are, the though. The FBI is here. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> you would think they'd step up. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just want to get that big baby, that big Trump baby that they flew in London. Oh, I want to get that over here. I will chip in. Did you see the clip of the, uh, the woman talking on Piers Morgan yesterday? No, no, oh, I try to stay away from him. I mean, it was just, yeah, he's he's horrible. He's basically their Trump. He's, he just didn't run terrible. for. Yeah, he's terrible. 
but she's like she, he's doing the thing that people on the right do all the time like accuse everybody on the left of being in lockstep and she, he's like why would you be against Trump and his immigration policies but you weren't against Obama she's like I was against Obama well why weren't you protesting and it's like well because the moment was different and he's like well you're hero Obama and she goes I'm literally a communist you idiot <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And I just was like, she was like, I'm, this is, I'm, it's not a left-right debate. Right. Yeah, yeah, so. Um, with your Emmy nominations now, and, and I'm assuming you're going to be uh, filming some more of Yes, we, we start working on pre-production already, very okay. soon. Yeah. Are you going to be possibly attacking more of what's going on in D.C.? Or maybe I mean, not attacking. I, I should say uh, I mean, in we, Exploring. Exploring. I mean, the episode is basically like right. a what went wrong in America conversation. And right. as much as we tried to in season three steer clear from like just bringing Trump into it if we didn't have to, you just have to. Because mm-hmm. there's basically for every societal ill, there's a clip of Trump saying something. About there's it a that, connection. That makes yeah. it worse. You know, so. Uh, so yeah, but we're certainly the, we are our like the way I had to think of the show is like it's a comedian's investigation with what went wrong in America, and a lot of that comes out of D.C. And we're actually talking about doing a D.C. episode mm-hmm. about what it's like to live in Washington D.C. It's basically nobody thinks about it. It's basically like a factory town, but the factory is politics. Right. And so a lot of people work in Washington D.C. and they work for every administration, no matter who it is, because it's just we we it's like we used to make Ford Fiestas and now we make Ford Tourists. Yeah, like, it's, it's like the hamster like, running on the wheel. Yeah, but like, for... not, yeah, so I don't really necessarily care who's there because I just have to like make sandwiches. My job is to make sandwiches for whoever's in the Oval Office. Mm-hmm. So we're actually talking about doing. It. And also, there's a lot of activism in D.C. Yes. and mm-hmm. D.C. is a city that we don't think about enough in some sense like puerto rico like taxation with no representation like they don't have a they don't have a senator they don't have a congressperson Hmm. yeah and think about that yeah no there's so weird it is totally weird (laughs) it's its own it's not a state it's not a state it's a municipality or whatever so it's not and so you think so for example dc i think that i know at one point i don't know what's happening now they dc the city voted to legalize marijuana and the federal government said nope hmm so it's like they because the federal government runs DC, they're like basically in charge of DC. So it's there's a lot to talk about there. <sighs> Are you gonna try and get uh, uh, his Majesty on your show at all? Trump? If yeah, <laughs> if you're gonna go oh. to DC, <laughs> people ask that. I just I want to have good conversations with people. And the thing you'll I'll say about Richard Spencer is that as much as he's a uh, you know. Uh, pitiable like just sort of like like his his his, the, his ideals are horrible he actually can have a conversation he's spoken he knows, i won't yeah. say well spoke he's spoken he's spoken he, yeah, he's yeah. spoken. He, kn- he, spoken. Kn- he knows how to have the tennis match of a conversation <laughs> yeah he's got uh, crazy he eyes but he's I did, spoken had to know how to like the ones who wanted to talk to me did the ones who didn't stay away from me right mm-hmm. I don't, Trump. There's no evidence that Trump's able to have a conversation. No, it's like Tourette's. No. It's like he won't even do a pr- spit out press words. conference for the. He won't even do a press conference. He hasn't right. done any press conferences, official press conferences. Right. So for me, it's like I, I have no interest in because that only works out poorly for me. Because then people, because he won't have a conversation. He'll just monologue. I won't be able to get a word in edgewise, and then all the people are gonna be like, "Why didn't you punch him in the face?" <laughs> like, you know yeah, right. Like, you get just, pissed on from both sides. Why didn't I want to go to a federal jail for the rest of my life? I don't know, guys. <laughs> I don't know. Well, well, having having traveled around with your show, at, at least watching it for me does give me some sense of hope. Do, do these issues seem a, a little easier to solve having traveled and, and spoken to all these people across the country? Or are you just like, fuck? No, I think <laughs> the thing that when you talk, no matter who you talk to, and this is even weirdly true of the Klan, that the basic issues are I either don't have a job and I want a job or I have a job and it's not good enough 
Uh, I want my kids to have better schools. I want my neighbor to be safer. Everybody wants the same stuff. It's just we get broken up in the team sports of politics, and then politicians use are the things that separate the things that are make us different as ways to divide us. So Trump is using mm. the Klan members, sort of like those sort of this aspect of white people are like, I just feel like as a white person I'm supposed to be more successful, and he goes, Yeah, you are. <laughs> you know, like he sort of plays into that, and that makes it, yeah, I should be, which means not. A, and if other people are successful, that's we need to take them out of this country because I need because I'm not. And it's like, and he plays into that, which which gins up the base, as they say. So for me, it's like if you could get the team sport of politics, left right, like especially the left right dichotomy that doesn't really exist, you could actually talk about real issues in this country. So, mm. but unfortunately, because of the way we've set up the, especially the presidential thing. There's no way to – nobody can be like, I'm just a good person who's running for president and I don't have a political affiliation. You just can't. You can't do it. Then you're, then you're, then you're nothing. Right. Yeah. And you got to take that corporate money. Yeah. Just to, just to get into the conversation, <laughs> yep. it's like you got to take the corporate money. You have to like – you have to have a half a billion dollars just to sit down at the running for president conversation. Mm -hmm. And you can't get there without first – are you a Republican or a Democrat? You know. Mm -hmm. I'm a Democratic socialist. No, no, no. Are you a Republican or a Democrat? Right. You know, like you I'm conservative, but I have liberal. Are you? A, you know, you have to f pick one of those boxes, and they're very limiting boxes. So, are you going to run for uh, office <laughs> in 2020? This is the third time I've been asked this recently. <laughs> it's <laughs> the last question I have to ask. Uh, uh, no, I'm not running for office in nothing, nothing. Twenty, nobody. No, no, no. <laughs> no, that's not. I have no. To me, it just shows how bereft we are of leadership. That like. We're just starving. Of, yeah, like, yeah but you're wrong? a curious person, so that I am a curious person. But what's what about politics? Says it helps that it uh, promotes curious people. Right. You know, I just feel Damn like uh, the work that I can do is better f from here. I think than if I was like suddenly like, you know, like uh, like is sitting behind a desk calling funders asking them to donate money to my next election, even though it's in three years. But mm -hmm. I have to get that started before I fix the potholes. But you have a. TV show, so that's half the battle. Also, yeah, because who's there now? yeah, so that's, there true. You go. that's true. Yeah, <laughs> you already, you got one I check. Ha, I already have a reality. I already have a reality TV Were show. Were you born yeah. in Kenya? Because yeah, that would be two checks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, you know, and I won an Emmy, and our president didn't win an Emmy. So. Oh snap! Shade. Excuse me. Well, W. Kamau Bell, thank you so much for being on Bitch Talk. Sorry, I forced you into it, but I'm not sorry. No, I'm not sorry. <laughs> and I was kidding. I was happy to be invited. Thank, thank you, you for making it easy for me. Of this course. has been so fun. Thanks for the flowers and the, and the champagne, and now I'm going to go to sleep. Okay, <laughs> and good night. Good night. So that was our incredible interview with W. Kamau Bell. So grateful, so honored. He gave us extra time, and we know that this man does not have extra time. Nope. Uh, I think... I think afterwards we were just kind of sitting around and just kind of like <laughs> in awe of what just happened just because of his energy and his graciousness and his humility. Yeah. I, his connection to Anthony Bourdain, yeah. which uh. was still very, is still very fresh yeah. in our minds. Yeah. Um, all of it. All of it was just a lot. <laughs> it was a lot, but it was magical. Um, he chugged his champagne too. Yeah. <laughs> He was like, uh, it's empty. Yeah, he was like giving us the hand like, yeah, I'm done like, already. Feel, There's more. Yeah, um, we're celebrating. But thanks so much again to, to W. Kimmel Bell. I think he's a friend of the show now. I can say that. Oh, for sure. And I also tweeted at him that we'll come back and uh, talk with him after he wins a couple of those Emmys. So. Mm -hmm. What did so, he say? Huh? He said, yeah. Oh, yeah? Awesome. Yeah. 
Don't forget, I, I, I screenshot this shit, so I'll remember. Well, we were trying to have a watching party with him, too, when the Bourdain show comes out. Oh, yeah. To yeah. start. Yeah. Um, so, um, actually, he's one of the most accessible people on Twitter. Like, he's one of those guys that you can easily... Just, oh, yeah. You, Sorry, you, you just had a moment. <laughs> yeah, we had a quick moment, because it was, like I said uh, at the beginning of the episode, I ran into him, and... I think he was trying to place me, and I knew he, I didn't want to like go, hey, and keep keep him too long because he had luggages and he had his family with him. And then so I tweeted at him just to be like, hey, it was good seeing you. And he's just like, I mean, instantly he was just like, hey, yeah, awesome. <laughs> Thought I recognized you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. I mean, so to to honor this to this show we had a nice little celebration i don't even want to say little because we packed the house let's be honest but um we had a 300th celebration party uh at a local uh screen printing shop called fleetwood you've loved this place forever you turned me on to this place yeah it's one of those shops that uh if you need a gift for anyone guy girl kid whatever for any occasion you can find a dog (laughs) really awesome yeah clothing jewelry trinkets um, everything and and it's local yep. and yeah you want to support businesses like this for yeah. sure so we were at Fleetwood and the TL of San Francisco that's the Tenderloin and this woman named Nico owns it uh, and it's it's a funny story really because uh, last year when I was uh, freelancing and doing my own thing uh, a part of the uh, gig economy I was lifting as well as a lift driver and I ended up picking up the owner of Fleetwood, <laughs> who I already knew, but because we were in my car, I couldn't place her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you look familiar, too. And we we're like going through all the bars that we hang out because she sort of lives in my neighborhood, too. And then it turned out she was the owner of Fleetwood, which I love so much. And it just sparked the conversation that I really wanted her to make our T-shirts and sweatshirts and swag, which will be on our website soon that you can purchase. It's so good. It's so it's good. It's so dope. Yep. And uh, but I wanted her to do that. And that just turned into, hey, I want to throw this party. Are you cool? And she did. And so it was just really it was really great. So it all came together. Um, Bear Bottle Brewery, which is a local brewery, which we love. Our, which, yeah, that's our favorite brewery in the city. And I'm and, not even a big beer person, but I love that. And place. they are friends of the show, too. They are friends of the show. <laughs> they they uh, gave us really big bottles of beer. And it was um, it was not their cheap shit. Even, no. But even their cheap shit is delicious. Right. It would have been appreciated. It was their IPA and their double IPA. Yeah. So we're talking like 8%, 9% beers. Yeah. Huge ones, and um, yeah, that was incredible. That was incredible. Thank you, guys. Camera, Cameron Hughes Wine, which I'm not familiar with, but our friend Nico, who well, owns we Fleetwood, are now, we are now we drank fucking twelve bottles. Of yeah, them. they they gave us a <laughs> case easily. of sparkling wine, and it was delicious. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was gone within an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to buy some backup at Costco, thankfully. We yeah. Had, we had backup, but yeah. yeah. We went to the cheap stuff after the all Cameron the, Hughes. All, all, all that shit was gone for sure. We had our cute DJ. Oh my God. Everybody keeps asking me about her. DJ Bite Size, who was amazing. Appro- appropriately named. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we <laughs> lean over to hug her and we're tiny people. Yeah. So. 
Just FYI. Um, Chef Mandy J uh, rose to the occasion and oh made bre- delicious breakfast burritos. Yeah. It was so it's really hard to find a good breakfast burrito. You wouldn't think so. But with every bite, I'm super anal about this. With every bite, you want to taste every ingredient in the burrito. Yeah. And uh, these are this, this is what she was able to accomplish. And the tortilla yeah. wasn't too thick. It wasn't too much. It was folded just perfectly. So you didn't have too much tortilla with any of the bites of the ends. Yeah. And her salsa was bomb. Yeah. And she gave away free buttons. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, I didn't get one. And then uh, Kristen J Designs, who came in uh, at the at the last part of kind of getting this this event together, I bought a pair of earrings, and a lot of people. Oh bought yeah, a lot stuff. of people did. Her yeah. stuff was mm-hmm. beautiful, uh, and she's a local maker designer. So it just really came together really nicely. We had a lot of homies come through, um, a lot of new people come through. Yeah. So <laughs> so it was funny because uh, at. It seemed like everybody just came all at once. Yeah, and um, at one point, all the babies arrived. There oh, yeah. were like three, three, three babies. babies ranging in age from two months. Yeah, to one and a half, yeah. roughly. Yeah, and I turn, and Aaron is holding a baby, and I'm holding a baby. And we're like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, we're like, "This <laughs> like, is bitches this is like, and brunch, and we're holding." Yeah, this the is babies. like bitch talk baby sure. rental. Yeah, <laughs> sure. This seems it's about fun, right. It's fun to play the part for like ten minutes, but then I was thirsty, so I handed the baby over. Yeah. But um, people were dancing, people yep. were buying, yep. people were, uh, people from different parts of our lives were mingling and, and getting along. And, and we even begged DJ Bite Size to stay for one more yep. hour because we were like, please don't leave us. Yeah, we begged her and she did. So thank you. <laughs> uh, I have a question. Huh? Yes. And this is probably geared towards uh, Aaron because I'm going to get the most honest answer. What? Are you calling <laughs> me a liar? No, because you don't know how crunk you get. <laughs> True. I was not okay. She, she, uh, Captain Party. No, how how bad? How bad was your? How bad was Angie's R face and all the things that she was telling us that she wanted to do (laughs) two weeks ago? Okay, I didn't do any of them, but I didn't do any of them because I was holding the baby for like an hour for about an hour. But I would say she kept it real until about. 30 minutes until till, I was till on the, the end uh, or until I was on a DJ. Yeah. Until about one thirty, one forty-five, And then I knew it was like, all right, well, we should probably start trying to get out of here. But we didn't even leave till like three thirty. So the party yeah. was supposed to be from 11 to two. <laughs> right. And then after DJ bite size, uh, uh, closed up shop, then I was in charge of DJing. And then that's when I was like, okay, now I can finally let loose. Everybody's leaving. Yeah. I don't have a baby in my arms. It wasn't, so I was letting loose. It, it was, she was still. She was still very helpful in packing up the car. Yeah, and uh, it was fine. You know, no, I, I well, well, I guess yes. I have to. I have to. We have to flashback because n- nobody knows. Nobody out there knows that we've had this. That this is the conversation that we had. But when we the last <laughs> episode that we recorded right before this, our last basic bitch. Before that, the three of us were because I was about to leave. We, it was the last time we were going to see each other before the party, before anything. And we haven't seen each other since. And this is the first mm-hmm. time I think the three of us are talking. Mm-hmm. And Andrew was just like, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do that. <laughs> and we're going to do this. And we need to do that. And I'm going to go to the store. And I'm going to get this. Of course I'm going to do it. I'm going to be able to do everything. And we were yeah, like, Yeah, and I was like, actually, are- you're not. <laughs> well, I did put your face on a stick, Char, yeah. so well, what do you think of that? Hey, Angie's pregame to all of this was on point. Yeah, come so on. So we had a collage. She came over on a Thursday night. 
We had a collage of a lot of photos. We're going to actually put it in the studio if that's okay with you, Char. Um, but we put that together and then she also got a big old uh, Bitch Talk logo printed out. So we have that we can bring to different things. And then um, she did make like the um, photo booth type, like a... Like a know. bitch please yeah. and a duh. And a duh. And then your head on a stick. And Char, on we a were stick. calling it. We were calling it Char face. Yeah, Char face. People were taking it, and you kept getting going. We kept missing. losing your face. And we're like, where's Char face? <laughs> well, where's Char face? Where's Char face? Um, so you were there in spirit. We really did miss you, Char. But you know what? We're gonna do this again. So I'm not worried about it. Well, Anne, I do want to say something to. I do want to say something to the people that did yep. show up, and I I made a little quiz. Oh right. Um, based on the photo uh, collage, collage as well as basic bitch talk trivia yep. and I'm so sorry I haven't had time to go through to, to find the winner but trust me you will be given shout outs and you will get and your rewarding. swag um, but yeah the, so we had, we had a little what's that what was the game so um, half of the questions were based on uh, the photo collage and it was like oh which uh, Emmy award winning director is Ange interviewing how right. many times is Aaron wearing this scarf cheetah print scarf because we realize that oh my god we're like the same Aaron, thing all the time wears the same thing all the time I have two outfits I started noticing that too because I always wear my favorite clothes to our to our good interviews yeah I mean you know we're gonna see I'm gonna see Bo Burnham I'm gonna see you know fill in the blank I wanna you know wanna look good if there's any uh, yeah online clothes stores or local that wanna that wanna help us out I mean <laughs> mod cloth or something mod cloth know. uh whatever <laughs> uh I'd be happy to wear your outfits as long as they fit me well yeah um, but I, I do have to say kind of the cherry on top to the night well I have a couple things to say but I'll say this first yeah um, so Aaron and I were kind of winding down it was close to three o'clock at this point and um, all of a sudden oh. this woman comes up to us and yep. she's like hey I didn't want to bother you before but I'm Suzanne Susanna, and I'm a big fan I'm a listener and I'm a um a flight attendant and I just so happened to have a layover in San Francisco at the same time as this event so I wanted to come and say hi and Aaron and I were like what we already had our party yep. so that was just kind of the cherry on top and then we were singing oh Susanna to her for like, yeah. <laughs> for the rest of the time yeah but, um, but isn't that fucking cool Char we had and we're like neither of us know you this is so cool yeah <laughs> and she ended up knowing my sister Oh, nice. Of course. Yeah. Because they're both United Flight Attendants. So, I mean, it's a small world out there. That's all I'm going to say. Um, but that's something like that. And there were other people there that were like, oh, yeah, I'm here. I'm friends with Nico, but I also listen to the podcast. So I was yeah. like, yeah. So that was okay. happening, too. And okay. It was, so yeah, basically, it was just, you're trying to say that there are uh, more than just our friends showed up to this party. Yes. Yeah. And I also want to say we had some really great support from Vince over at Larson. Um, oh God, yeah. who's hooked us up with a lot of interviews. And um, I want to say thank you to him. And uh, he brought some really cool people along from the Roxy and Mill Valley Film Festival. But it was just overall, it was a great, it was really a great turnout. And it was just easy, I felt. Right. But it went by so fast. I was already sweating a three-hour party. And, and then I, after it was over, I'm like, damn it. Yeah, and I really didn't get to talk to, like, no. in depth all the people that I wanted to. But just thank you if you came out. And Aaron, thank you to you for all your hard work oh. and for organizing all of this. And um, You're welcome. One thing that I really love about you, I feel like we're both oh. like-minded in this, is that, like, we really invest in people and our friends. And, like, that room of people were, it was, it was awesome. It was, there were, it, there were some really great people in there and, and that's our community and yep. we're really I'm really honored 
to have you guys as part of our community and um, you keep us going. So, yeah. Thanks, Angela. I'm going to cry in the corner now. Uh, but team. Yeah, I mean, it was it was really a good vibe. It was just easy. And that's what I loved about it. Um, but it's funny because people are like, oh, do you actually do do you live podcast? I'm like, yep, we do. Yeah, I, was I like, just we'll didn't have it in a, me to put that together. We'll be at the Hemlock time. down the street. Yeah, I'm like, we'll be in the Hemlock on uh, 9-5. September 5th, uh, we'll be there. But it's, we're not selling tickets, so if you want to come by. Um, but on that note, uh, we're going to wind down because this is a very long episode. It's a special episode. Um Getting a little thanks, Ann. You fucking <laughs> went there, and now I'm like getting teary eyed. Well, but. I've been thinking about it, and it just it was a it was a nice day, and it was it was. You're really yeah. crying, Erin. Yeah, yeah I'm a little teary eyed. <laughs> what do you want from me? I'm not Jesus surprised Christ. by that. I just needed to put it in there. And, <laughs> and I'm sick, and I'm sniffly. Oh, good. Anyways, Thank God, I'm six inches away from you. You're the one who gave it to us. So, anyways, oh, fuck off. Um, <laughs> oh, can we blame all of this on Ange? Yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah, make fun of me. Blame me. She just said all these nice things about us, and now we're gonna blame her all for getting us sick. <laughs> Yep. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> just another thank you to W. Kamau Bell and his team. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, w. Kamau Bell's episode with Anthony Bourdain will run on CNN this fall. Please watch for that. Uh, Private School Negro is still up on Netflix. Please watch that. I've watched it twice and I've laughed my ass off <laughs> each time I watch it. And yeah. I think it's fucking hilarious. It's genius. Thank you for uh, your comedy, W. Kamau Bell. And also, United Shades of America is on CNN. It's so, so he's just, good. He's just killing it, basically. So, support W. Kamau Bell. Support us, Bitch Talk. And just remember, representation matters. Um, I think this is why we're actually really driving hard on Bitch Talk now is because you know, at, at the beginning of Bitch Talk, I was like, yeah, we're going to be a couple ladies chatting it up and, and see where it goes. But now we're, we're at a time where... Um, People of color matter, and we're we're speaking up, and we're out there, and um, I think we're part of that wave. Everybody who's listening, thank you for your support, and we're tired. Yeah, so we're gonna take a little siesta. We're just taking a week. <laughs> I mean, this is coming out over Labor Day weekend, so it's gonna have a long life. Yeah, and I want everyone to enjoy. I want them to listen. I want them to share. Um, if you can, and if if you like what we're doing, and one other thing before we leave, please, 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 please. If you're on iTunes and you download, can you please rate and comment about us? We've been here for five years, guys. So please it subscribe, really means a lot. rate, and comment. Yeah, yeah, it would mean so much. And uh, we're gonna take a well-needed break. But we have 300 episodes. Go back and listen to some old ones. There's definitely episodes you have not heard. And right. our break isn't even that long. Our break is one week. We're gonna come yeah. back. Yeah. We're gonna be we're gonna be broadcasting live from the Henlock right before uh, it shuts down. Unfortunately, right. And um, and then we've got uh, Aaron's taking a real vacation, and yep. so but we're we're gonna trudge on, and we're gonna do weeklies uh, for about a month. Yep. And uh, and then we'll be you know just kind of give ourselves a little bit of time to rejuvenate, and then we're yep. you know Breathe. back at it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you guys, to find all those really quickly, to find all those episodes, just go to bitchtalkpodcast.com for all the socials and for that for the episodes. So find us there. So on that note. Bitch, please.